We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, we are going to review the 20th century movie known as The Matrix. Oh, but not the subsequent matrices, correct? That is correct. No, we are going to review uh, the first Matrix movie cool. uh, starring Sir Keanu Reeves, Trinity, and Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus. We really should just call Carrie Ann Moss Carrie Ann Moss and not Trinity in everything she does. You're right. She She's more than that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, uh, in another review, we reviewed Memento. And if you haven't listened to that, definitely give it a listen. It is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, Grayson did a top-notch job editing. So, uh, it's fun. It's a treat. Uh, well, but it we- helps when you're born crazy. <laughs> Uh, and so we are uh, now jumping back a year to The Matrix, uh, which was released in 1999, and that always weirds me out because I always associate this movie with like the early 2000s, like super futuristic world. Yeah, probably because of all the leather. It's I would definitely think. the leather. The leather yeah. really screams uh, early 2000s. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, before we get into our reaction and review of the film, let's bring you guys up to date in case you rem- in case you forget The Matrix, which I doubt you did. Um, I'm going to give you a little synopsis. So, The Matrix is a movie all about The Matrix, and that's as short of a synopsis as I can give you. There you go. I love it. It's simple. I have no qualms with it. <laughs> Stars Keanu Reeves, who plays the titular character, Mr. Matrix. No, um, <laughs> I'm Mr. Matrix. Uh, he plays our Matrix. Uh, <laughs> is tired of his dead end job. Matrix is the Matrix. <laughs> oh, I need now. I just need to recut the movie as making the Matrix a sitcom. Uh, so Keanu Reeves plays Neo, who is at a dead end job. And he hacks part-time, basically. But then he comes in contact with superior hacker Morpheus. And Morpheus helps him out of a bind that seems pretty normal until Morpheus tells him that he is living in a world that doesn't really exist. And so he is waking up out of the Matrix and lives in a post-apocalyptic world where machines have taken over the world and humans are now grown in farms and being used as, like, batteries because humans make good batteries in this movie. And so, basically, with the help of 1999 technology and hacker skills, Morpheus, Neo, and Trinity, and a bunch of other ragtag group of people learn how to hack the Matrix and are able to bend the world to their will. Uh, So they can have, like, enhanced speed or they can download information like, I want to fly a kite. It's a helicopter. I don't know why a kite was the first thing that came to mind. Download the Charlie Brown program. (laughs) Uh, You can just download information like, hey, I need to 
fly a helicopter and they can make a phone call and then the information will be downloaded to the brain. And so, yeah, and then action happens and, and Neo's a hero, The Matrix. So this movie was released in March of 1999 and it did okay. Uh, it had a budget of uh, $65 million and it made $463 million worldwide. Oh, that's quite a return. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so then the movie was followed by two sequels in 2003. It, both movies were released in the same year. So there was Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Uh, both were released in the year 2003. It was basically a two-parter movie uh, before the two-parter movie trend happened. The first movie, Matrix Reloaded, did amazing. It had over $700 million worldwide. Uh, but it did not leave the best taste in people's mouth because it did take a different direction uh, and the kind of story that they told is a little bit of a departure from the Matrix movie that we saw in the first one. And so then the second one, Worldwide, made less than the first Matrix movie making less than uh, $463 million. So uh, a lot of people just didn't see the third one. A lot of people just didn't see it. and um, Present company included. <laughs> uh, it also had some tie-in material, interestingly enough. Um, there was uh, the Animatrix, which was because if you've seen the Matrix, oh, yeah. you can tell it has heavy uh, influence of anime. So the Animatrix was a series of uh, short animated films that kind of built the um, prehistory of the Matrix. So Neo never shows up, but this is this is about how the machines came to be in the first place and how the machines came to rise and also other people fighting uh, the Matrix. There's also the... Uh, Video games. There were several video games. One was Enter the Matrix. That's, oh man, my brother and I played that nonstop. To me, that was the Matrix. Oh yeah. So Enter the Matrix, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the one where it told a story that was parallel to what was happening in Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, so you would cross storylines from Matrix Reloaded, and you'd see characters, but at different points from where they were in the movie. Um, it, it was kind of interesting. It was like the Lost video game, if you've ever played that, where you're kind of going alongside these different events that you're familiar with. So you have the context for it, but you have your own adventure. So uh, then there was the Matrix Online, which was a, a MMO RPG, um, and basically took place where users could log in and play uh, a storyline that took place after the matrix revolutions storyline and there's also the matrix colon path oh. of neo where you could uh basically play as neo in the matrix through basically the whole storyline but with a different ending oh. than what was uh the one in the original trilogy and so that is a lot of what happened with the matrix as a property um as of this year there are plans there are talks there are plans for a relaunch of the franchise though the wachowskis and producer joel silver um are not going to be involved it is speculated that they are in talks to get michael b jordan are you kidding me Ricky. i kid you not 
for my recast, that's who I had. No way! And I didn't even know that. All right, well, I gotta... <laughs> Grace, are you, are you making the Matrix remake? Cards on the table. <laughs> um, to give you guys a little behind the scenes on the Matrix, um, this movie was such a shot in the dark. I mean, you have to understand, at the time, uh, a movie like this didn't exist like the sheer scale the sheer um philosophy that is involved in the movie it just was unheard of the wachowskis what they did uh for the pre-production of the film hired a comic book artist known as jeff darrow and steve scorse to draw a 600 page shot by shot story of the entire film like, that's how far they went to get the movie made. And the storyboard basically got the studio to be like, okay, make this. Like, it's four in the morning. I don't <laughs> care. So most of the movie was filmed in Australia uh, to handle the uh, cost of the movie. Um, but not only that, the actors, like all great films, were given homework. Um, <laughs> the biggest task they were given is that they were required to be able to understand and explain the Matrix. And so uh, they were given reading assignments. Uh, the book, uh, I might be but butchering this, Simula Cara and Simulation was one of the books that they had to read. And so the whole cast like had to read that book and understand the movie and the philosophical nuances like inside and out basically and it was a lot and not only that but they spent like over four months training to be able to do a lot of the fight sequences even though they did have some stunt doubles if you look like you see that like they are actually like fighting and sparring with each other and they're doing a lot of the effects and that's one of the cool things that make this movie so really, really interesting. And this movie at the time is, I mean, it was, the movie was put into um, the, like, film archives. It's the first film to use the effect known as bullet time. Oh, yeah. And it's basically the most influential and copied sci-fi films since Star Wars. And it's just been seen and viewed as one of the most culturally important films ever since. Like basically, anytime you see in an action movie someone shooting some kind of gun and you slow down and you see the bullet move in some kind of direction, it's the Matrix. It's like a nod to the Matrix. Whether they know it or not, it's a nod to the Matrix. And in the bullet time effect, like that ability to show um, how fast someone was moving by slowing time down in that way um, is like... The Matrix popularized it. Uh, like that scene in Days of Future Past with uh, Quicksilver. Like, mm, yeah, bullet that's time a good example. Yeah, yeah, like we get that because of The Matrix and that being such a huge thing. The other thing, and I will stop dorking out about The Matrix, uh, <laughs> is that this is the, the first time that you see an action film being so specifically um stylized yeah um usually like pretty much before this most action movies were more or less the same like the situation was different like all right we got two buddy cops who don't want to work with each other but they do lethal weapon rush hour uh turner and hooch other movies but like besides that was hooch was... really against it was he <laughs> uh it, it is the way i watched it yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like the style, like every time they are in the Matrix, um, 
everything is green. It has a green tint to kind of give the feel of you looking at a computer screen. Um, everything that is outside of the matrix is very blue to show how like cold and mechanic the world is. And anytime that they are in the program, uh, here's a fun little fact, like the, the training simulations, it's yellow, it's very warm. Fun fact about um, the lady in the red dress scene. Can you tell me anything about that scene, Grayson? I uh, know I liked it a lot as a teenager. <laughs> so check this out. All the extras in that scene are twins. Oh, but fraternal twins, so you couldn't tell? No, they were the other kind. <laughs> Do the Wachowskis appear in them? No. Because that'd be like a great place for... Oh, that, okay. that would be. Uh, no, cool. and so basically the Wachowskis, they did that intentionally. And they wanted to create. Oh, yeah, impre- that's a hard thing to do by accident. All right, with all these Are twins. You, oh shows. no! You're telling me we cast all identical twins? <laughs> what are the chances? Uh, they wanted to create the impression that Mouse got lazy while writing the agent training program. That he made half the crowd and then copied and pasted the models and gave the copies new clothes. Did you notice that, Grayson? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? I think we all know the answer. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Another fun fact is that the Wachowskis worked for over five years and 14 drafts of this screenplay to make it a reality. And I think that's a big difference between this movie and the sequels. Um, And we'll kind of go into that a little bit later, but... By the middle of 2002, and this movie had only been out for like, I guess, three years now, the bullet time sequence had been spoofed in over 20 different movies. Does that include the jump kick camera spin as well? Oh, yeah. uh, no. It, this is like the Matrix like, fallback. Oh, okay. Because the jump kick that Carrie Ann Moss does at the beginning was also spoofed pretty heavily, like in Shrek. Yes. Fiona does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first choice for Neo was not. Keanu Reeves. In fact, uh, the person who they thought would be a dead shot for the role was Will Smith. Oh. So, Will Smith turned down the offer in order to star in the film that would really kickstart his career, Wild Wild West. Also, fighting big robot things. From my understanding of Wild Wild West, have not seen it. Nope, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> Big spiders, right? Big robot spiders. It, no, uh, yeah, Wild Wild West, the prequel to the Matrix. Yeah, you got it. Um, uh, so, I mean, that makes total sense. I was gonna bring this up later, but I see this as a flawless segue. <laughs> why, if they are in a program anyway, why wouldn't the robots just keep the whole program like in the Dark Ages? Why are they even letting them know about computers? Good question, Grayson. So maybe Wild Wild West is just the Matrix in a like Westworld simulation. All right, there it is. Wild Wild West is a prequel to Westworld and the Matrix. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> so Will Smith uh, admitted uh, at the time that he was, and quote, not mature enough as an actor and that if he had given the role, he would have messed it up. Uh, he had no regrets saying that Keanu was brilliant as Neo. That's nice. That's classy. So that is some fun facts and some history on The Matrix. Now we're going to get into our reactions. So, Grayson, when was the last time that you saw The Matrix? Oh, man. At least a decade. Oh, wow. um, 
yeah, it, it had been a long time since I had seen the original. And I saw the second one in theaters because mm-hmm. I remember that was my first rated R movie theater experience Ooh. with my parents. Um, Parental guidance is advised. <laughs> Couldn't get in without them. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I saw the first one. The last time I saw The Matrix um, was the first time that I... I think I could just appreciate just like the sheer feat of technology that they were doing because like they were doing so many things in 1999 that's just like I didn't this is a 90s film like how um and watching it this time I understood the movie I feel like baby for the first time ever um because the movie is very very philosophical and they deal with a lot of philosophical themes. And I feel like my brain was able to, like, understand, like, what was happening more. Um, instead of just focusing on the action and, like, the narrative of, like, oh, no, he needs to take down the Matrix. Like, I, I could see, like, oh, wow. Like, this is, like, a more action-packed version of Fight Club. Like, this is a movie about um, being stuck in a corporate world. Um, and the kind of monotony of everyday life and kind of breaking from the norm of this monotony in this world and how like it's just like a metaphor for like choosing and not being so uh, tied in and dependent on technology because it was basically like a Y2K film without saying it was a Y2K film. Yeah, no kidding. Here's what I didn't remember. I did not remember him going out on the fire escape or whatever it was when he's trying to avoid them the first time and then just totally giving up. <laughs> I it did not ever yep. register with me that he was like, nope, nope, nope. I'd rather go to jail. Take me away. Yep. It's like, yeah. What was all of that chase scene for? I don't really remember a lot of movies that end that way with the, the hero just going, no, nah, I'm too scared. Yep. Bye. Yeah. And by the way, that was... All Keanu Reeves, no stunt double. Like, he was actually several feet up in the air, like, on the scaffolding of a building. Guy goes hard. Yeah. 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 And I think the other thing I didn't realize um, was uh, Agent Smith's whole deal. I didn't realize that he was... So, in the sequels, Agent Smith is, like, the big bad. He's basically, like, a virus in the Matrix. But, like, mm-hmm. following his storyline in the first movie, I'm just like, oh, like, he, I mean, I have some headcanon about him later on. Um, but, like, I, I was able to follow his storyline of, like, how he, the reason why he is trying to get rid of, like, he's trying to find Zion, which is, like, the last human stand in this world. Uh, a bunch of people who are unplugged from the Matrix and are kind of living a free, somewhat normal human life. And how Agent Smith is like, hey, listen, here's the thing. Cards on the table. I hate humans. Y'all are the worst. Like, our system wants to keep you guys alive and around or whatever. I think you all should just be eradicated. You're useless. You're terrible. Let me find Zion so I can just get rid of all of you. I'm just like, (laughs) oh, Agent Smith has an agenda. Yeah, I really like Hugo Weaving. And I think that that monologue that he gives to Morpheus specifically that stuck with me even when I was a child watching it for the first time when he's like, it's the smell. And I'm like, (laughs) that guy scares me. Oh yeah. Um, 
it's interesting that he plays such um, authoritative and kind of wild card characters in three major trilogies. Yeah. There's this one, Lord of the Rings, and Captain America, and B for Vendetta Parts 2 and 3. <laughs> Coming this summer. And the other thing I didn't pick up as much, but I feel like this is a dumb thing, and I feel like other people who are listening are like, well, duh. Uh, all the religious uh, analogies, just like their ship being called the Nebuchadnezzar, um, how the first version of the Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world. Like it was supposed to be so, like basically the Garden of Eden. We straight up had a movie night of this at my church when I was a kid. They're like, come on over to the church. We're going to watch this rated R movie with a bunch of violence. What? Because, yeah. And they were like, we know it's violent. We know it has language. We know all this stuff. We feel like it has a strong enough message that we're going to do it anyway. And I was like, wow, we had never done anything like that since That's the awesome. Sandlot debacle. <laughs> uh, it was the Windy Peppercorn scene, wasn't it? The funny thing about the Windy Peppercorn scene, um, did you notice everyone else around Windy Peppercorn, identical twin? <laughs> you or were, were you looking, looking at the lifeguard in the red <laughs> swimsuit? Yes! Grayson, if you take the red pill, we'll dive into some headcanon. If you take the blue pill, the podcast will end. You never know how far the headcanon will go. I don't know what he said after that. I think he just ate a pill, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then imagine me taking a red pill and swallowing it. Headcanon! 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 Fun note about... Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Fun note about the pill-taking scene. This is something I, I looked for when I read because I had read about it. If you look in the reflection in Morpheus's glasses, they're basically two separate shots, one where Keanu Reeves moves and the other one where he just stays perfectly still. So it's like two realities represented in Morpheus's eyes. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Headcanon. Headcanon. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you guys unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Grayson. Yeah. So um, I went ahead and I watched all of the Matrix movies because I'm an overachiever, especially when it comes to movies. Gold star. Thank you. Um, and here is an interesting theory. Um, I can't take credit for this. This is something that the internet brought up. But after they did bring it up, I'm like, it all makes sense. What if I told you, Grayson, that Neo is not the one and that Agent Smith is the one? Well, he's the worst one I've ever seen. Here's the thing. So they talk about the prophecy, right? Yeah. So the prophecy um, that was told to Morpheus is as follows when the matrix was first built there was a man born inside who had the ability to change whatever he wanted to remake the matrix as he saw fit it was he who freed the first of us taught us the truth as long as the matrix exists the human race will never be free after he died the oracle prophesied his return and his coming would hail the destruction of the matrix in the war bring freedom to our people and that is why there are those who have spent our entire lives searching the matrix looking for him now that might sound like neo exactly word for word they said that there was a man who was born inside of it neo 
was a baby bald boy pod baby. He was not born inside the Matrix. <laughs> there was a little pod baby. He was born, he was grown in the farms. So yep. that already disqualifies Neo. You're done, Neo. Secondly, there was a man born inside who had the ability to change whatever he wanted to remake the Matrix as he saw fit. In the subsequent sequels, um, and Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, Agent Smith starts doing exactly that. He starts converting other people into other copies of himself. By the end of it, everyone in the Matrix has been converted to Agent Smith. And um, later on, there is uh, more complicated plot stuff. But at the very end, basically, Neo is tasked with basically submitting himself to the machine so that he can basically be sacrificed to reset balance to the Matrix. Um, very much like Avatar, that last airbender kind of thing. Um, but it's not until, spoiler alert, um, Neo gets transformed into an agent while he is plugged into the mainframe that that is able to happen in the and Agent Smith is able to return back and basically reboot the program. The equivalent of, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again uh, to Ooh. fix everything in the Matrix? So that's why he would be the one. Because he would hail the destruction of the Matrix as it was. Because once they did that, the Matrix reset and the one wasn't there anymore. And so he ended the war... And he brought freedom to the people. And that's why Agent Smith is unknowingly the one. And Neo is actually the one who is motivating the real one to actually fulfill his purpose. Wow. What about Trinity's prophecy that she'll fall in love with the one? And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, headcanon <laughs> blasted. So sorry! I'm so sorry! No, that, I like it. Uh, that's, that's a well thought out headcanon, though. That's thanks. Good. I uh, didn't factor in the Trinity thing, but yeah, you know thanks. What? It's not real prophecy, though. It's, <laughs> it's a false prophecy. So my headcanon, actually, you have to rewind a week to Memento, because um, it's that Memento is a prequel to The Matrix. Um, yeah. The headcanon being that Trinity and Cypher, while they appear to be on opposite sides in Memento, are actually running a training program to find the One. Um, and this is their way of going about like testing Leonard, or Leo, to uh, become the One to see if he can, can do it. Um, also, all the black and white scenes that you see in, in Memento, whenever he's on the phone, he's actually talking to Morpheus on a landline, like you gotta. Um, and it's also it also explains why Cypher's interaction with Leonard makes him come to the realization that ignorance is bliss. So when he's meeting with Agent Smith, he makes the specific request of, I don't want to remember anything anything because he saw how losing your memory can actually make you happier than carrying the baggage of the past mm. um to take that one step deeper um so we know the connection between leonard shelby in memento and stephen tobowski's character of sammy jenkins uh that the two of them were somehow connected um 
that also explains why Groundhog's Day is the way that it is, is because Sammy Jenkins was part of this training code and got stuck as Ned Ryerson in Groundhog's Day. And the whole premise of Groundhog's Day is just a portion of the code that has uh, been glitched out, uh, which is why they're experiencing deja vu over and over again. It's just bad code in the Matrix. Wow. But it was because of the tamperings of Trinity and Cypher trying to train Leo. And ultimately, they decide, like, he's, he's not the one. Like, he failed. Like, we brought him in, and he's not what we thought he was. Um, because there's no way they found Neo on the first try. There had to be a bunch of failed ones, and that's what Memento and Groundhog's Day represent in the Matrix universe. Wow. And you're actually right. that um, They address that in, this, in Matrix Reloaded, mm-hmm. that there were at least five other The Ones. So that holds up. Except for the fact that, what about the prophecy where Trinity, <laughs> the Oracle Souls Trinity, that Sammy Jenkins is real, and she'd fall in love with them. She, she didn't really love him. <laughs> she only thought she did. She loved John G. <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to do was like, usually I don't watch other reviews uh, when I go into movies, but after watching all three of these movies, I needed some help and some context. Uh, but someone made a, a joke uh, saying like, uh, meanwhile, uh, Neo needs to stop Skynet. I said, oh, thank you. Nostalgia critic, you helped me a ton with my headcanon. So basically, in the Terminator series, Judgment Day does actually happen, but it's just delayed to around 2003. Uh, they think that uh, because of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, they think that they stopped Skynet from starting and therefore they stopped Judgment Day, which is when basically Skynet becomes self aware and just starts launching all of these nukes because it can. Because uh, it's Skynet. And so what happens is that the Terminator does come back in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines to basically put uh, John Connor into safety so that he survives Judgment Day. Because they couldn't re- they realize that they can't really delay it um, because it was just inevitable. And then Terminator Salvation happens in 2009 um, where it takes place, if I'm remembering correctly, um, the distant future of... Uh, 2018 <laughs> uh it takes place just outside of christian bale's sight lines <laughs> yep yep um uh, and so that takes place in 2018 and the matrix took place in 1999 mm-hmm. um so i think that this is the timeline at the very least where judgment day happened exactly how it was originally happened or that's not uh, that's not grammar uh so this <laughs> Matrix takes place in the timeline where Judgment Day happened, um, how the original Terminator timeline was supposed to happen. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Now it's time to plug into some recast and remakes. If this movie were to be made today, uh, who would you cast? Michael B. Jordan. And what would the storyline be? Matrix recasted. <laughs> now, we want to do recast a little different this time. Oh, yeah. Um, so the idea that we're going to do, we're going to do a set uh, cast that we want to get new actors in here for. Um, I'm going to suggest one candidate for each role. 
Ricky is going to suggest one candidate for each role. And then we want you guys to decide which one you'd like uh, for each of the roles. And next week in the podcast, we'll amalgamate the list and see uh, what our ultimate uh, Matrix recasted cast list is. Yeah, so please let us know on Twitter or Instagram so that we can tally your vote. Tell your votes. Ooh. Tell your vote, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we can tally your votes and uh, have it for the next episode of the podcast. Um, so for Neo, I we already mentioned it before. I think Michael B. Jordan is a solid uh, cast for Neo. Like to actually, before we say any of that, what kind of reboot would we be doing? Would we be doing what they're doing? where it's a revival of a series similar to what they did with like Mad Max or what they're doing with Blade Runner, where they are reviving mm. the series. So it's, it's not explicitly like a sequel, but it's just like a revival of the premise in the world um, for a property that hasn't been gone for a while. I was, I'm thinking it's, they took the script of the matrix and they're going to make it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, then in that case, Michael B. Jordan is Neo Will Smith as Morpheus. Cool, cool. For Agent Smith, gosh, it's hard not to just have Hugo Weaving. I know. Uh, I cannot imagine anyone more terrifying than him. Um, other than Christopher... W oh, nope, even better. I cannot believe... Grayson, I would be remiss. I would be remiss <laughs> in my responsibilities as a reviewer to not mention this about The Matrix. Lego Movie just made The Matrix, I realize. <laughs> That's the thing. When I was watching this movie, the thing I completely forgot was that it's Lego Movie. You are the special. Anytime he said, you're the one, you know, I was like, you are the special. And on top of that, Will Ferrell did play the architect in the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> he sure so. did. In there fact, my wife was convinced that, like, when we were watching Matrix Reloaded, is Will Ferrell in this movie? I said, no, that was the MTV <laughs> Awards. But yeah, this is, I mean, a Lego movie. Uh, and because of that... So you're saying Liam Neeson would be... Uh, Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he would be a phenomenal Agent Smith. So I think we still need Cypher from you. Cypher. Someone who you would... Brian Cranston. Nice. So run down your cast list one more time. Make sure we got it all together. All right. So we have Liam Neeson as Agent Smith. Michael B. Jordan as Neo. Morpheus is Will Smith. And Trinity, I think I missed Trinity. You know who I'd love to see? Hannah Simone. Cece from New Girl. Oh, yeah. I think that she would be an amazing Trinity. So for my cast list, I submit to you Neo, played by James McAvoy. Oh, <laughs> Uh, Trinity, I'd like to see Rooney Mara. Oh, yeah. From uh, Dragon Tattoo fame and other movies she's been in. Uh, Morpheus, Chiwetel Elgiofor from uh, Doctor Strange and uh, yes. 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Absolutely. He would be amazing. Um, Cypher, I would love to see Michael Rooker. Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got the gruff to him. And Agent Smith, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, that's good. He's a scary dude. 
Scary dude. And for bonus points, the Spoon Kid would be played by the childlike empress from the NeverEnding Story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's up to you guys to decide uh, mix and match. Which ones would you like to see? And we'll come up with an official cast list for a Matrix recasted. Awesome cast. So if this movie were to be uh, remade, if they were to do like a revival, uh, for me, a thing I'd love to see is um, that cast but with um, another one, basically. Like, they talk about this in the sequels, how the Matrix has more or less been rebooted several times, and this time it is different because um, the program basically gets hacked, um, and so it starts glitching, like, hardcore. It becomes corrupt. And so basically, I mean, in so few words... The ragtag team of uh, rebels have to like reboot the Matrix. Like they have to basically do tech support for the Matrix um, and get it started. But then, but before that, they have to. Um, I'm just now realizing I'm describing Digimon. Um, <laughs> it's Digimon the movie, but with the Matrix. Um, but yeah, basically, they have to like find a new one. That'd be interesting. Uh, for a, a different take on the story, I, I also would like to see maybe a prequel to like some of the failed ones, kind of like with the headcanon and Memento. Like, they didn't get it right on the first try. Let's see that. Um, and I would also like to see the story of Neo, but recut and expanded in a way to where it plays more with him waking up in the Matrix and being in the real world and kind of going back and forth so that we as an audience don't know if the matrix is a dream or mm. if you like if these are delusions of grandeur and so that at the end when there is an actual legitimate threat and fight we're like oh my gosh he was right the whole time like i thought he was just making this up um to be more keep us more like on our toes because the way it's presented you just accept it you're like he's the one and this is how things are but if there was more of a guessing element to it, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, that's solid. I love that. Alternatively, I think you could also like take your pick of what else to call it if you were to recut it. Like, just call it Red Pill or the Blue Pill Edition, where he just goes back to his boring job. <laughs> and another mini second take title would be HTM Hell <laughs> or Code Foo. Oh, Code Foo would be a. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into our final segment, which is giving you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend The Matrix? I mean, partially so that every parody of The Matrix makes sense to you <laughs> if you've never seen it before. Uh, but it really is an original story, especially when it was told. And like you mentioned, uh, it dives into some pretty deep philosophical concepts. Um, so it is an action movie with substance. Um, I love Hugo Weaving. I love Lawrence Fishburne. Like, I, I wish there were more of both of them in my daily life. Uh, and this movie really has some awesome performances from both of them. But ultimately, the concept is what drew people to it in the beginning, and that's why I recommend it. It's such an original, high-concept idea that is executed in this first film in a really fun and satisfying way. Absolutely. Yeah, the cool thing about The Matrix is that 
it is it's one of those pivotal movies to watch especially in context to its time because i feel like a lot of the elements of the matrix you'll you'll see in rewatching it and you're like wow like i forget how much the matrix has impacted modern day films like everyone praises the dark knight for its tone and its style but like the matrix like showed that that was something that people wanted mm. um not to say that nolan couldn't have done it himself he's a brilliant director but like i know that that had to have influenced it the matrix influenced all of the x-men movies like the x-men oh, movies yeah. with like their the costumes being like dark and more serious like it affected how we see so many of our superhero movies today and so I think the reason I'd recommend it is just like it's a part of like movie history, basically, uh, primarily the first one and even the other sequels as well. I mean, it does kind of expand into the lore a little bit um, and it does continue the story. But I think that the first movie is such a labor of love and such a interesting piece of film history because like even though it's just like an action movie it's one of the first action movies um that really popularized and showed that you can tell interesting complex stories and have audiences absolutely love it totally so that is our review of the matrix let us know what you remember about the matrix on twitter and instagram in both places we are at flashback flicks and don't forget to also let us know what your cast is for the matrix recasting and we'd love to hear your thoughts again on instagram and twitter we would also love it if you could leave us a review on itunes it really helps the show out and we have been getting so many lovely awesome things so i appreciate everyone who has left the review currently and uh, we would love to let your reviews have some company unplug some other people and have them join uh the rebellion that is this podcast <laughs> so uh leave us a review on a scale of one to five slow-mo bullets. What you thought of this review? That's perfect. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> or, sorry, one to five non-spoons. Oh, that's good. So that is it for this review, but be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. And until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Rewind.